The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo, provide a phenomenal customer experience, and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Today's buzz, marketing, big topic. Let's get started. The marketing campaign as we know it is dead. I think that's the whole show. If you get that, you get that. Let me start again. The marketing campaign as we know it is dead, and I increase the information here. Innovative marketers are entering a new era of managing what we call the adaptive customer engagement. But first, their organizations need clear insights into what does the customer need, what does the customer want. Let's be dramatic. What are the customer's desires? And the organizations also need the ability to proactively adapt and react not yesterday, not five minutes ago, but in real time, as much as we know about real time. My question to our listeners is, if you're still stuck in old-fashioned, old-days campaign mode, listen up. We're going to help you learn the key components you need to enter this new era of adaptive customer engagement and hit the ground running. We have a phenomenal panel today, and I'm going to start out by introducing our first guest. It's Liz Miller. Senior Vice President of Marketing for the CMO Council. And Liz sent me a quote from none other than Theodore Roosevelt. Good old Teddy is making it on to Game Changers Radio. And the quote is, if you could kick the person in the pants responsible for most of your trouble, you wouldn't sit down for a month. Liz Miller, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great, Bonnie. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thanks for this great quote. And by the way, you're calling us all the way from Australia. We're delighted that you could make it. What time of day is it there or night, Liz? It's about 5 a.m. So um, if you hear snoring on the line, you're going to know it's me, but... I'm going to do my best. <laughs> We're going to, we'll do our best to keep you awake. So Liz, great quote from Teddy Roosevelt. Let's, let's talk. Relate that to our topic, please. New era of marketing. What did Teddy know about marketing? Well, I think what he really figured out and what I think marketers are really going to have to come to grips with is that we might be our own worst enemy when it comes to changing our organizations and quite frankly, keeping up with your customer. I love, I love, love, love that you started the show off with what I think is the inalienable truth of marketing mm-hmm. today, which is the campaign is dead. Because the reality is our customers don't think about their relationships with us as campaigns. They actually think about their relationships with us 
as part of their day that is most relevant to them. So here's what we found. We actually just recently completed some research that we conducted in partnership with SAP around what marketing organizations were really doing to kind of meet this call to action, right? And what we found was marketers actually think they're doing a pretty good job of being customer-centric. They think that their organizations are delivering, that they're delivering. And here's what's interesting. Marketers actually believe that their customers think that they're doing a good job. And, and I think that that's probably the biggest thing, right? So when we talk about customer centricity, when we talk about these relationships with our customers, we're kind of giving ourselves a bit of a pat on the back, kind of thumbs up all around, right? But Bonnie, here's mm-hmm. the problem. When we start to dig in to the actual things, the meat on the bone, what really drives a true lasting customer relationship, that adaptive customer engagement that can shift and move with the needs of our customers, we might not be meeting all of the things that we think we are, right? Our our thumbs might need to go down just a little bit. And so I think what Teddy's saying here is that when it comes to delivering customer centricity, we actually start, need to start looking at all of those great things that these, all of these campaigns, all of these channels can provide that can actually deliver these adaptive customer experiences. So let me, let me give you a couple examples. When we start to talk about customer centricity, it, it really has to be a top-down engagement. We're talking about the commitment of being able to deliver on the customer's expectation, right? And that really has to come from having a management team that truly believes that they know and understand the customer, right? And that they're able to deliver on decisions that have that customer in mind. And that's not my definition of of customer centricity. That's our marketer's Mm -hmm. definition of customer centricity that we found from the research. So if you start to look at the top attributes that marketers believe equal having a customer-centric organization, it starts with a management team that allows the customer to be at the center of every single decision, It means functional alignment and support of a holistic customer experience strategy. Mm -hmm. And it also means that you have that culture in place. But what the reality is, is that marketers just believe they're kind of doing a good job. They don't necessarily think they're doing a great job. Um, When you start to look at the challenges, we would like to believe of saying, well, we're not doing a great job. How do we get from good to great? How do we really deliver on that great customer experience? And here's what we're saying. Um, We'd like to blame one thing because I think it's just human nature. So again, if we're going to start kicking people in the pants, um, how do we get there? We'd like to blame the technology because, quite frankly, it's kind of easy to kick technology. But when we asked marketers in this study, what's to blame? What is your biggest roadblock to achieving the reality of a customer-centric organization? Is it the people? Is it the process or is it the platform? Honestly, when we set out with this research, Bonnie, I honestly thought Mm -hmm. it would be the technology. I really, really thought folks were going to say that. But here's what's so interesting and what happened. According to 50%, actually over 50% of the marketers who participated in our survey, they actually said it was all three. It's actually primarily the people in the process, if you really want to dig into it. Liz, I want to stop you. I want to stop you. You know why? Yep, Sorry. 
I want I want to stop you because I want to bring in the opening. Great information. I love the research, and I have it in my notes. We're going to cover a lot of that when we get to the roundtable. But I want to bring on the other panelists because they think we don't love them, Liz. We haven't introduced them yet. So you ready for I'm me so to bring sorry. on our next... That's okay. You ready for me to bring on our next panelist? I, I know you want to hear him. It's it. Jeff Tan. There we go. Jeff Tanner, professor of marketing at Baylor University and director of Baylor's Innovative Business Collaboratory. Jeff, I still love that word. And Jeff sent me a quote from Peter Singe. I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. He says, the only sustainable competitive advantage is to learn faster than your competition. And Singe is an American system scientist, senior lecturer at MIT Sloan School of Management, and on and on. Jeff, Tanner, welcome back. How are you? I'm terrific, Bonnie. Thank you for having me. Good. Liz sure set the stage with some great information and some wonderful research from the CMO Council, and we're going to get into that in a little while. But Jeff, talk to me about your quote from Pete Singe, the only sustainable competitive advantage, that's a mouthful, is to learn faster than your competition. How fast is faster today, Jeff? Real time. Uh, I think the thing to think about is that today's Big data technology, marketing automation technology, et cetera, enables us to have an intelligent conversation with our consumer. And the ability to learn from what the consumer is telling us, whether it's in um, as part of a chat or part of a text or something they tweet or something they blog about or their response to an offer we make or their lack of a response to an offer, it's all part of the conversation. So our ability to learn from that and then act on it quickly enough so that, that it is a, a conversation um, really, I think, is what's replacing the campaign. Okay. And, and do we have to shelve, and I'll ask Liz this question too, do we have to shelve the word campaign? Is that really just a no-no, something that's old, it's old-fashioned, it's not wanted anymore, it's just a box with the wrong stuff in it? Jeff, what's your thought on that? And then Liz, quickly, what's your thought on that, Jeff? No, I don't think we will, because I think there's still going to be those those times where we're talking to, to um, large groups of consumers and we want to start the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's what's going to be the uh, the nature of a campaign. And I also know, you know, I think about some of the um, sales situations like uh, product detailing and pharma. Um, I, st- I think you're still going to have campaigns. They're just not going to look and feel like what we th- what we think of when we think of the traditional, you know, three pulses in a campaign across broadcast media. Thank you very much. Liz, thoughts, the word campaign, before we get to our third panelist. Quickly, what do you think? Keep it? Uh, I, you know, I think we're going to end up keeping the word because I don't think we have a good alternative, quite frankly. Okay. But I think the mentality around a campaign, that it's a single moment in time, and then once mm-hmm. it's done, we measure it, and then we put it in a box and put it in a corner because it's already been completed. That mentality has got to switch. So um, whatever we call it, we want to call it a campaign or we want to call it you know, an, an engagement, whatever we're going to call it, we're still going to call it that. We need to change the mindset around it. Thank you. Great point. And that brings me to our third panelist, also a return guest on SAP Game Changers Radio. It's Bernard Chung, Senior Director of Global Solution Solution Marketing at SAP, and he sent me the following quote. If customer advocacy is the destination, customer engagement is the journey. That's beautiful, Bernard. Welcome back. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Bonnie. Uh, Excited to be on on the call today. 
wonderful. We've got a very dynamic panel, so give us your piece of this. If customer advocacy is the destination, customer engagement is the journey. Is, are this, is, is this an original Bernard Chung quote? Yes, it is. And, you know, oftentimes as marketers, um, a lot of marketers are really focused on, you know, how do I, you know, generate demand? How do I generate revenue? How do I, you know, increase my customer loyalty and advocacy? And they look for more of a short-term solution like uh, perhaps loyalty programs, uh, just reward and um, reward on behaviors and redemptions and, you know, points and, and things like that. But, it's really, it's really the entire experience, isn't it? It's, it's the end-to-end experience that customers have with the organization that actually results in sales, results in advocacy and loyalty. And um, so I think you know, most marketers and most uh, organizations understand this, this, but uh, when it comes to actually making things happen in terms of focusing on customer engagement, many, uh, many executives, many organizations fail to actually execute on this because, frankly, it's hard. And as Liz uh, started to explain some of the uh, result, results of the research, um, it's hard because you have to spend a lot of money. You've got to invest in it. You've got to invest in people, process, and technology to make it happen. But I think, um, you know, we have to keep in mind that, you know, a value of a customer uh, comes in multiple ways. It's not just in the current sales cycle. The customer generates value for you for the, for the current buying process. But it's the future purchases that customers could make um, that, that's, that captures the value, as well as if that customer has a great experience, uh, end-to-end uh, experience with the organization, and if that person has any influence on others, they would be an advocate for you, thus um, potentially creating additional source for rev- revenue and value from others that they'll be reaching out to. So, uh, you know, I think we need to consider, organizations need to consider the relevancy of customer engagement. And there's been studies that's been done by Forrester that proves that companies that do focus on customer engagement, customer experience, uh, perform better in terms of revenue and also in stock price as well. Thank you, Bernard. Great opening. I appreciate that. We've got some wonderful information here. Certainly, we've got a great start to our topic, which is new era of marketing, adaptive customer engagement. Before I let my panelists take a break, I want to know what's in your cup today or what are you thinking about drinking after the show? Liz, middle of the night there in Australia. You're drinking anything? You sound full of pep and energy. What's keeping you awake? (laughs) <laughs> well, I intentionally tried not to drink anything with caffeine, to be honest with you, Bonnie. Um, I am drinking a beverage that here in Australia seems to be everywhere, but honestly, I don't think I've had one of these in years. It's kind of like my own throwback Thursday going on here. I'm drinking a Fanta. You're kidding. No, I'm drinking Orange Fanta, and I feel like a little kid who has somehow snuck into the refrigerator and stolen a soda in the middle of the night, but I am sitting here in Sydney, Australia, enjoying a nice, frosty Orange Fanta, and I know I've now made everyone on the line jealous. <laughs> Very jealous, and and the listeners, I'm not sure they're old enough to remember a Fanta list. I am. I think Jeff is. I'm not so sure about Bernard. He can admit it or not. Thank you, Liz. Enjoy your Fanta. Jeff Tanner, what are you drinking, or what do you wish you were drinking? Well, now it's a Fanta, but um, <laughs> I, uh, 
I live on a horse farm, so what I wish I was drinking or what I would like to do is on a beautiful, almost fall day like today would be to just uh, be out in the barn with the horses and and uh, and drinking an orange Fanta or a Coke or or something like that and just watch watch our uh, watch our baby horses play. How lovely. And, and Liz, I think you started a trend here. I think this is the first time in o- over 300 shows I've done for SAP that Fanta came up. Thank you, Liz. New trendsetter. That's our Liz Miller. And now, Bernard Chung, I won't ask you to top that. The Fanta, the Australia, the horse farm. What would you like to be drinking, or what are you really drinking, Bernard? Well, you know, I wish I was indulgent as, uh, as Liz with Fanta in uh, a beautiful place as, uh, as Jeff uh, in a, in a uh, horse farm. But uh, I'm stuck in a little room in the office today, uh, drinking actually a tea, a ginseng tea. A friend of mine brought uh, back from Korea, and um, it's a it's a popular tea. Uh, I'm sure you guys heard of it, especially in the Asian uh, countries. It helps mm-hmm. with uh, it's a digestive aid and help improve your immunity. There's a lot of also uh, uh, other health benefits like mental capacity, concentration, and memory, and all, all, all of these things I think I need for this call today. I was going to say you are absolutely prepared. That's a great thing to be drinking. Thank you, Bernard. Guess what? My panel has worked hard in this opening. They deserve a break. We're going to go out for about 90 seconds. Michael is ready. When we come back, we're going to launch into the roundtable. We're going to kick it off with more words of wisdom from Liz Miller from the CMO Council. And then we will ask Jeff Tanner and Bernard Chung to chime in. And we'll go around and around and around the table. This is the Customer Edge with Game Changers Radio presented by SAP. If you're keeping track, this is episode number two of our brand new series, and it's sponsored by Lana Smith, who I know is listening at SAP, and we are alternating Wednesday afternoons for this show, so I'm delighted you could all join us. By the way, we're live at September 24th, 2014, so don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. Michael, out. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. A global revolution is taking place, shaking the very foundation upon which all enterprises are built. This revolution is led by today's digitally empowered consumers and commercial buyers. They don't see our companies through a channel-focused lens. They look for and expect one experience, irrespective of the channel. Join us to explore insights, information, and ideas from sales, customer service, and marketing experts around the globe. Let's embrace the challenge of engaging customers in this new age. The Customer Edge with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. 
And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to The Customer Edge with Game Changers. That's exactly what we're exploring, The Customer Edge. Our topic today is New Era of Marketing, Adaptive customer engagement may be a new term for a lot of you. We have a great panel, starting off with Liz Miller at the CMO Council, Jeff Tanner at Baylor University, Professor of Marketing, Bernard Chung, Senior Director, Global Solution Marketing at SAP. We're going to kick off our, we have about 25 minutes for the roundtable. I'm going to launch it big time with Liz Miller. And Liz, let me read a statement you sent me in your notes and then let's go. Liz says, marketers think they rock, and she put it all in capital, so she's serious. They rock at delivering on customer sin. They think their customers would say they rock, but someone might need that kick in the pants. Marketers must be kidding themselves, failing to listen, failing to personalize, failing to adapt. That is doom and gloom. What a kick in the face. Liz Miller, talk to me. <laughs> someone did once call me the Debbie Downer of marketing, so um, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly living up to that term right now. Here's what I'll say. Um, marketers really do have a really solid sense of confidence that they are delivering what customers expect. But here's what we found. Um, how can you deliver what a customer expects when you're failing to listen to that customer through the very channels you're building for engagement? Uh, I'll give you the example. <clears throat> a very small percent of marketers that we studied actually mm-hmm. said that they are doing an effective job of listening and engaging and meeting the needs of their customer. So if we're not listening, how in the world can we engage correctly? I think that's a big question. And because we're failing to listen, we are failing to adapt. We're failing to shift and move and be a nimble organization that can meet our customers' demands and needs. And I do think that we are at a point where we kind of have to give ourselves a swift kick in the pants to get Mm -hmm. out of this rut of the campaign. And it goes back to your statement of, hey, the campaign is dead. We've got to catch up. Liz, I, uh, that's a great remark and um, interesting that they know that they're not listening. But I have to ask you a question. For those of our listeners who are not familiar with the CMO Council, just briefly, what is the organization? Where are you based? Who are your members? So just level set for us a little bit, please. Sure. So we were founded in 2001 around a premise that marketers needed to learn from other marketers in order to make better mm-hmm. decisions. So. We are an organization that represents over 7,500 senior corporate marketing executives around the world. We have seven key chapters around the world really representing the globe. They're probably one of the only global senior marketing organizations uh, that can truly tap into that global insight um, and view. And are they making progress and changing up? Is it happening or are they just talking? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I think it's happening, but I think it's happening probably at a slower rate than the customers are changing. I think that technology today is really enabling the customer to explore and define their own start points and their own entry engagements with our brands. You can now wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and check your bank balance. Um, you know, you can now get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and, or 2 o'clock in the afternoon and send a tweet about how you love drinking Fanta. Um, I think that in this day and age, we are starting as customers to start and stop our experiences when we choose and where we choose. The marketer's Fantastic job point. today mm-hmm. is to actually meet that need in the right channel. 
Very well put. That, that's an exciting concept. And those of us who are connected 24-7, and when you said you can wake up at 3 and check your banking, for some of us, Liz, we're just finishing work and going to bed at 3, and we're going to check our banking so that we can have a good rest of the night's sleep. But I digress. Let's bring Jeff Tanner into this conversation. Jeff, thoughts about Liz's concept that marketers need a kick in the pants. Where do you stand on that from your perch at Baylor University? What do you see? Well, I see very similar uh, things and and uh, in some research that we just finished uh, not too long ago with retailers and CPGs, we saw the same kind of uh, results. And the the thing is, we we've kind of pinged this as the um, the everywhere nowhere conundrum. Uh, mm. it, it seems as though that our consumers are on every channel and they're coming up with new channels. Um, but when marketers try to go talk to them there, those consumers are nowhere to be found. So it feels like they're everywhere, but then they're really nowhere. And I think it, it really goes to that that listening issue, number one. And, and number two, realizing that every opportunity uh, to communicate with a consumer typically is a function of what that consumer wants to get out of that, con- that communication. So... Uh, we don't. That, that's why I harken back to that the earlier comment about it being an intelligent conversation. Um, if we're going to listen, we have to know what the next. We we want to do that so we know what the next thing is to say, and it's not always uh, to buy this. Uh, it, it it may be. Let me give you the next piece of information so you can see if this is right or if something else is right, and. Um, and really think about it as a conversation, and not only a conversation about what is right to purchase, but how to best get the most value out of what I've already bought mm-hmm. uh, or subscribed to, or maybe even how to dispose of it so I can get the next one. It's It's got to be that, that longer-term conversation that, that extends well beyond the, the transaction. That's a great, great point you brought in. It reminds me of Bernard Chung, who's going to chime in here in a second. Bernard's uh, quote, if customer advocacy is the destination, customer engagement is the journey. And basically, you've said, Jeff Tanner, the journey goes from not just information, helping them buy it, when and where, what do they do with it, how do they use it, how do they optimize it, but how do they get rid of it if they need to. Great point. I've, I've never heard it put that way before. Thank you. Bernard Chung, thoughts. Talk to us. Yeah, I think... Um I completely agree that marketers um, need a reality check in terms of um, making sure they're focused on on the right right uh, right engagements. And but I would I would also argue that I, I think we need to take take even a step one step backward than just listening. I think um, marketers need to understand first who that they're they want to listen uh, to, right? And um, I say this because, you know, when I, when I go out and speak to market, marketers, marketing organizations, I find that the past couple of years, a lot of marketers have been uh, really investing in uh, different tools and solutions and, um, you know, different um, applications so they could, you know, better engage with customers. But they really, you know, approach this more from a channel perspective. So some, you know, an organization may have an email system or even two, right, email systems. Uh, one's outsourced, one is managed by a, a, a vendor or a service provider. 
they have a, a separate social media listening tool. They have a, you know, a website that's controlled by some other folks. And, and it's, and I, you know, they're struggling now. They realize that it's none, these are all in silos, right? So mm-hmm. there's little or no integration of customer information that, that happens in these silos in a single place. So it's a huge challenge for marketers to really uh, to 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 really develop a unified view of the customer, and to understand who their customers are, and how how they could begin to engage with these customers. And without having that context, it's really difficult to do so. So, I think um, listening is definitely uh, an important piece. But before listening, I think it's important to understand who your customers are and have the unified mm-hmm. view of the customers and have the context so that when, when you do find out information and under, listen to your customers, then you could put that in context of the, the past interactions and who they are in terms of profiles and what they want so that you could better engage and provide the information that they're really looking for. Thank you, Bernard. I'm going to use uh, something you were talking about as a jumping point into some of Jeff Tanner's notes. Jeff, we're going to start a new thread here. I want to talk about the technique, the the technology for building what you call a data strategy to listen to customers because it's no longer just, hello, Mrs. Smith, thanks for coming into my general store. How many bolts of gingham do you want? And one-on-one face-to-face, there is all kinds of other listening going on. So I'm going to read a note, a couple notes from you, Jeff, and then I'd like you to run with this. You say, big data technology has not only given us the ability to use a greater variety of data when creating predictive models, we can also use the technology to create far more complicated experiments. And here's the kicker, increasing our ability to understand our consumers. And Jeff adds, it's why Amazon can run a reputed 5,000 experiments a day. And Jeff adds, we're way past A-B testing. Sounds like we're into sophisticated mode. Jeff Tanner, take us into the concept of how do you use big data technology to really listen? Talk to me. Yeah, where do I start? Um, the, uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the thing about marketing is it's always been live experimentation. We, we've always, uh, and, and in some settings like traditional catalog sales uh you know a hundred years ago you had the data you could you could put out something you could actually run it all the way through the cycle to purchase you could see what what was happening uh but now uh we have the ability through um partial factorial designs and without getting too technical to gucci block designs uh uh jump other other tools that are out there we can run a lot of different combinations of, of variables and test response to them, even if the even if the responses that we want is nothing more than just click through, and see what what yields the best result. What combination of many many factors yields the best result? There was um, Overstock's one example. They ran a uh, an experiment um, involving 26 variables. Would have taken if they did it as A-B testing, it would have taken a year. Wow. And they were able to do it in one two-week period because they were able to, to do a partial factorial design. So what that means is, going back to the, the um, quote at the start about the competitive advantage being the ability to learn faster, is if I can take that learning cycle from 52 weeks down to two weeks and do it with a, 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 a sample of my consumers that 
them run a much more effective conversation. I, I can run a much more effective piece. I can do a, make a much more effective offer. Whatever it is, um, I can learn a lot a lot faster. But I've also got to be thinking about that data strategy when I'm creating my marketing tools. Um, I've got to build in data capture opportunities. I've got to build in uh, opportunities for progressive profiling. So if I've got somebody, you know, nobody wants to answer 80 questions anymore. So how mm-hmm. about if, if when you log in to your bank at 3 a.m. in the morning, I just ask you one or two questions. And, um, and they're related to things that you're doing. And now I have a deeper understanding. Uh, and it's, it's part of an overall data strategy that helps me have that conversation. Thank you, Jeff. Bernard Chung, love to have you chime in on this from the technology standpoint. And then, of course, we'll ask Liz Miller to join. Bernard, yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. I completely agree. I, I, in my previous life, um, I used to do direct marketing and financial services uh, industry. And I actually sit down and run SQL queries against database mm-hmm. of millions and millions of uh, people. And um, I used to execute these queries and, uh, you know, go for coffee come back in, yeah. you know, 15, 20 minutes and query would be still be running, right? Lunch, dinner? Um, and then, yeah, you know, so it takes I know. sometimes, uh, you know, uh, you know, overnight uh, as well. Yep. So, but with, um, you know, technologies that are available today, especially in big data, um, I think um, you're able to go through large volumes of data very quickly. And it's not just about speed. I think, um, you know, it helps you to discover and naturally facilitate the, um, you know, kind of the process a person needs to go through in discovering insight and asking the next question and getting an answer back and be able to ask the follow-up question. And then, you know, going through that iterative process of, um, you know, learning and gaining insight and and helping you to better target and uh, market. And, um, you know, an example of this um, is... You know, you know, T-Mobile is uh, is, uh, is another company that uh, has, is leveraging uh, big data technologies, and you know they have over uh, 2,000 uh, stores in, in, the, in the U.S. and several different um, websites and several different um, call centers that they manage. And in the past, without uh, the ability to handle large volumes of data quickly. It used to take him three to four weeks to actually get a good understanding of how well campaigns are performing, right, through all these channels and, uh, you know, their stores. It takes time to, you know, get the data and to evaluate them. But today, they're able to do that in, in less than a day. So it's a huge advantage for, for them, and especially being a very uh, competitive market, to understand what is working, what is not, and be able to make adjustments really quickly, and um, and and to uh, you know capitalize on market opportunities before others does. So I completely agree. It's a huge, uh, huge uh, opportunity, huge advantage for organization that's able to do this. Thank you, Bernard. Liz Miller, I know you have something to say from your position at the CMO Council. What's what? What about big data? What about predictive? What are you all seeing and hearing? 
Well, I mean, I think the number one thing that we're hearing is while everyone wants to do it, I think the issue comes down to where the rubber hits the road, and oftentimes it's the questions that are being asked. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we tend to ask the wrong questions sometimes, so it leads us down a path where we think we know uh, kind of what we want to know about the customer. And I think the danger in this day and age of big data is that we have kind of seen all the things that might be possible, and we want to replicate that. But what we're not really doing is understanding kind of exactly what Jeff said. What is the customer doing through that channel that we can help enhance or we can help forward? Instead, we're trying to find kind of the new thing we can do. Can we all be an Amazon rather than can we all be the best us? And Mm -hmm. so I think that, you know, big data has opened up an absolute world of understanding about the customer, but now it's become the marketer's responsibility to truly understand what's the most relevant questions that we can be asking that will deliver the most relevant experience for our customer. Very well put, Liz. Thanks for focusing that. Now, uh, we've got, let's see, we've got about, uh, ooh, 11 minutes until we take a break, and I want to go to a different direction. Bernard Chung, you sent me some interesting research notes and talking points here, something I don't think we've covered in depth yet, and I'd like to go into it. It's, you call it mapping the customer journey, and we all know the phrase, walk a mile in my shoes before you whatever, criticize me or rank on me, whatever. Bernard says, be in your customer's shoes and experience what they experience. And a great way to do this, he recommends, is mapping out the customer journey. So, Bernard, why don't you give us just a couple of pointers on how to do this? And then, of course, we'll have Jeff Tanner and Liz Miller chime in on, on their expertise or their point of view on this as well. Bernard? Sure, absolutely. I think, um, you know, first step in really understanding what your customers experience today is to is to really be in their shoes and and understand what they go through when they're interacting with your organization in a certain um, customer journey, whether it be a buyer's journey or some other journey. Um, so first is to in, in typical organizations have several hundreds of journeys that customers could be going through, right? So I think. Um, if you want to develop a better understanding of your customer, I don't think it's advisable to try to map all, you know, the, the, the hundreds and hundreds of journeys that are available. You want to identify the key ones, like the buyer's journey, and to, to map it out. So first is to identify, you know, which journeys that you want to uh, map out. And uh, when you're doing this, you want to identify each of the steps that your customers would be going through in that journey. And, um, you know, whether it's awareness or a comparison or actually the act of purchasing, you want to map all those pieces out. And within each of those steps, um, try to understand the mindset of the customer. You know, what is the objective in that step? And what are the information needed uh, for the customers to actually move on to the next step? And identify any uh, missing information and, and provide those. And also, if there are barriers to, uh, um, to, for the customers to move on to the next step, and obviously try to remove those barriers. And... And I think it's important to recognize, especially uh, these days, that some of these processes and steps uh, may go start uh, start and end uh, beyond 
uh, the channels that that you control or that are within the four walls of your organization. I, I think we all know um, research that was done by Forrester and others that said that today majority of the buying journey or customer's journey start um, even before, like um, even before they approach your organization or talk to a sales rep- representative. I think guys, Forrester's report says that 60, by the time a customer uh, engages your organization, they're already 60 to 90% down a customer mm-hmm. journey, right? So you, yep. you have to recognize your customers are getting information and starting their journey elsewhere. So you have to ensure that you're also on those channels, identify where they are, and, and make sure that you are uh, at least participating or influencing the conversations and the perception of the brand, uh, of your brand that's being formed in those phases so that you lead them to your organization, the journey that you, you planned out and mapped out f- for them. Thank you very much. Great information. Uh, Liz Miller, thoughts on this map, map of mapping the customer journey. You agree? Is this what your CMOs are starting to do, Liz? I think more and more they are. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's absolutely critical, though. And I think that, um, you know, Bernard kind of touched on this, is that oftentimes it can be a really daunting task when you begin to think of all of the touch points across your organization that your customer is engaging with. And I think that the biggest challenge that marketers face, and it's something that we need to address, is that we tend to only map what we control. So we can identify the touch points that marketing is controlling. We understand what's happening in social. We understand what's happening on web if we have oversight of all of the web, right? But we're not necessarily pulling in that voice and that information and the insight that could be happening from, say, customer service and support. You know, talk about in-store, what's happening in channel. So the journey is a lot broader than the, one, the touch points in the campaigns, kind of going back to how we have mm-hmm. to change that campaign mindset. If we're only measuring the touch points that we create and we deliver in campaigns, we're only getting part of the picture. So I think to Bernard's point, when we start to map those key journeys that link to key actions, we really need to think well beyond marketing and really look holistically across the organization. Thank you, Liz. Jeff Tanner, what do you think? First of all, I, I agree with, with Liz. I, I think, and it goes back to my comments earlier about building a data strategy that can accommodate the, the data uh, from all of those touch points. And the other thing I think about that is that, um, about Liz's and Bernard both, is that that journey I, I, I hate to repeat myself, but that journey extends well beyond the purchase transaction. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a, a step in the right direction. I think what we're what we're seeing is um, kind of a, a maturity curve where, the, you know, first we'll try to map through all of the channels at least to the the transaction, if, if nothing else, so that we can budget acquisition dollars better. But but I think the longer-term picture is we've got to we've got to take it beyond that, and uh, and that means being able to have a data strategy where we can capture the information from all of those touch points, and then uh, and then really try to make intelligent decisions about what conversations to enact when. Thank you, Jeff. Guess what? 
We're going to go to break in three minutes, but I want to bring in one more point from Bernard, from your notes here, that I don't think we've covered. It's very important for our audience to hear. Uh, When talking about marketing, having new skill sets, about getting rid of the old campaign mindset and, and being in the adaptive customer engagement, which is our topic today, you bring up something that is such an old fashioned, Bernard's wondering where in the heck is Bonnie going with this? You bring up such an old fashioned concept. You say, look for passionate people to drive passion in your customers. And I'm just going to read quickly your notes about an article. I'll have you comment. Bernard says, there's an article in Fast Growing Companies magazine. It's called The Four Myths of Apple. And they shared that one of the myths many people in the industry think is Apple hires the best designers, the best engineers. Wow. And Bernard says, the article says, it's not true. Apple hires people who love Apple. Apple and are passionate and are there to drive the business forward. Bernard, talk to me. Very interesting point. And then, of course, I want Liz and Jeff to chime in quickly. Bernard? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we're talking about customer engagement, right? And, you know, the the actual point, a lot of times, the actual point of engagement is, is a call center. And uh, it's, it, it is a salesperson in the stores, right? So there is, you know, this 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 speaks to more the human aspect of, you know, the type of people, employees that organizations should have is people who are really passionate about your brand, about the product and your organization and, and the direction that your, your company is going because that is going to rub off on the interaction that they have with your end customers. You may have the best strategy. You may have the best technology. You may have the best pro- process and best offers and the right you know, the right offers, but if you failed to have motivated employees that are willing to really execute um, these to the end customers, then, you know, that's the last mile I'm talking about. Um, so you definitely want to, uh, you know, develop your employees and also install, install in them the excitement and the passion and really belief in the organization and belief in the fact that, uh, what they do is important, relevant, and helps helps their organization to grow. Thank you, Bernard. Liz, I know you have something to say about employee passion and passion in the whole organization, not just face-to-face, brick-and-mortar, hello, welcome to such-and-such store, but passion for people who engage with your brand as employees. Liz, what are the thoughts? What do you tell your members at the CMO Council about passion? Well, I think that passion is something you have to have, but, you know, I would caution people, and, and Bernard and I kind of differ a, a little bit on this point, and that, Good. Um, hey, I've worked for organizations where you get fans who want to work within your organization. Having worked in professional sports, you get people who are passionate about your team, about that sport, wanting to come and work within your organization. And I would say that um, I think that the beauty of the Apple example is it's not necessarily people who are just passionate about Apple as a brand, who are mm-hmm. you know users of the product or even super users of the product. It's also people who are fans of Apple as a business. And when you walk in of being a fan of the business, who wants to see the business succeed, who wants to be part of that journey you have people who take on the responsibility of being an individual contributor and steward of the customer experience. And I think that's where the rubber hits the road. You also have to have a culture and an organization from the top down that seeps like money. 
spread through the entire organization that empowers each individual employee to be that customer experience contributor. Like you said, it's not just the person in the store. It's also the person in shipping. It's also mm-hmm. the person in uh, product development. It's also the person who's at the call center. It's also every single individual in sales, in marketing, you name it. Everyone has a piece to play in delivering the customer experience. And when you have an employee who understands that's part of the culture, understands that that's not just a motto that you've painted on the wall, mm-hmm. you really do get that sense that everyone's moving in the right direction. Liz, great point. I just want to say that the way you're speaking, it sounds to me like it's the part of the product journey, the sales journey, the delivery of the service or product journey that everybody who touches that experience from the business side has to have that passion and want to be engaged. I love it. Guess what? We're going to take a break. You've all earned it, but it's just a short one. I'm telling you, when we come back, Liz Miller, I don't know what access you have to a crystal ball there at 3 a.m. in Sydney in a hotel room, but knowing you as I do, you're going to find one really fast. So I'm going to ask you, Liz Miller, <laughs> if we, when we come back, if we fast forward to the year 2020 or any year where you see some measure of blue sky, what will the adaptive customer engagement be? Will the CMO will say, yep, we did a good job. Everybody's on board. Wow, everybody's having a great experience here. Or will they say, ah, a lot of work to do. We're going to be right back. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. I'm so excited. Predictions round coming up. Michael out. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. A global revolution is taking place, shaking the very foundation upon which all enterprises are built. This revolution is led by today's digitally empowered consumers and commercial buyers. They don't see our companies through a channel-focused lens. They look for and expect one experience, irrespective of the channel. Join us to explore insights, information, and ideas from sales, customer service, and marketing experts around the globe. Let's embrace the challenge of engaging customers in this new age. The Customer Edge with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Listening to The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to The Customer Edge with Game Changers. Go. We are hitting the ground running, and we are into our predictions round. I asked Liz Miller, who was sitting in a hotel at 3 a.m. in Sydney, Australia, what a trooper she is to find a crystal ball, knowing Liz she did. So, Liz, two minutes on the clock. Predictions. What would we be talking about in the year 2020 on the new era of marketing, adaptive customer engagement? Go. Well, um, good thing that there was a crystal ball in the mini bar. So, um, in looking at it... <laughs> 
Um, I got to tell you, you know, I think no matter what year we decide to pick, I think we're going to be having some of the same conversations because if I look back at the last 10 years, we, 10 years ago, we were still talking about data. Yes, we were talking about that largely um, in, you know, whether are we going to use it in print, are we going to use it in our email, on our web. But I do think that this data question is going to keep evolving because here's the inalienable truth. Our customers are going to keep evolving. And with every new shiny thing that's out there, with mobile, with social, with um, what we can do in virtual reality in 2020, um, there's always going to be a new way that we can be engaging, and there's always going to be a new way that marketers should be engaging. So to some degree, I think we're going to be having some of the same conversations. Maybe the nuances are going to change a bit here and there, but I think we're, we're still going to be talking about the same things. How do we reach and engage our customer? How do we thrill and delight them? And quite frankly, how do we do it in the most efficient and effective way for our organizations as a customer-centric one, and for our customers who are then going to be brand loyalists. So um, I, I think that kind of the more things change, the more things stay the same, Bonnie. And that's one of my favorite. I don't know how you knew that, Liz Miller. Plus ça change, plus ça la même chose. But I digress. Yes, thank you very much. Jeff Tanner at Baylor University in the horse farm. Jeff, <laughs> predictions. What kind of crystal ball did you find in the barn? Tell me. Well, I'm, I'm hoping you'll see me in the winter circle at the Kentucky Derby in the next five years. But uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, but barring that, uh, you know, I don't think anybody can argue with Liz's comment that we're still going to be talking about ways to engage and delight customers and all of that. But I do think we're going to make some significant strides. Uh, and, and just looking back over the last five years, I, we already have. I don't... Um, I just don't see the same kind of arguments over, over data. We know it needs to be there. We... We know now it's really more about how to, and I think in the next five years it's really going to be less about the data and more about the analytics, uh, mm -hmm. less about the data and even maybe less about the analytics, but more about how to get it, the insight to the touch point uh, so that, that um, people can adapt. And then there's, there's this one thing that's out there that I'm not sure that my crystal ball can really help me with, but I know it's going to play a big role, and that's the Internet of Things and mm -hmm. the data that are going to come directly from the product about how it's being used, when it's being used, and uh, opportunities for capturing that customer's motivation, thoughts, feelings, whether they're delighted um, in real time, and then being able to respond to it. And, and to me, that's going to be one of the really exciting things to watch unfold over the next five years. Thank you, Jeff. And I'm wondering whether brands will be able to turn millennials into longer-lasting, loyal customers, but we don't have time for that. That's another topic. Bernard Chung, you're up. Two minutes. Predictions, go. Yeah, I think, um, you know, marketing departments are no longer considered the uh, the coloring in department, right? And they're not the, known as CPOs, Chief PowerPoint Officers, anymore. I think um, those days have gone, and I think there's uh, challenge, definitely challenges that are out there for marketing organizations. And I'm, you know, I'm very hopeful, and I see evidence of marketers stepping up. There, and, and, and increasingly, I think uh, marketers will leverage technology to uh, to enable 
themselves to to better engage with customers. And as Liz says, I think there's some aspect of uh, customer engagement that's going to be always dynamic, new, and different, mm-hmm. just because customers are always going to be finding new ways and um, of interacting and communicating with one another and others. So I think uh, marketers will, marketing organizations, organizations in general, needs to develop an infrastructure and a plan to adapt new technologies. Um, you know, there's exciting new technologies that are, that are developing now, like wearables, intelligent machines, um, and, and I think these are great opportunities, and yet another um, could be potentially another channel for marketers to, to leverage to create new experiences and capture the minds of the audience that they're trying to market to. So I, I think, um, you know, as marketers kind of um, move up the curve in terms of um, developing more uh, uh, technology skills or having technologists within their organization, which, which more increasingly more organizations are actually getting IT skill sets within the marketing organization, I think uh, they'll, they'll get there. And, uh, you know, looking out, um, my crystal ball, I think marketers and marketing organizations will be the drivers for customer engagement within the organization. And they'll own it, they'll drive it, and, you know, they'll be, uh, they'll be key, key, key people within the organization to make it happen. Thank you, Bernard. Thank you all for your predictions. I have my own. Let me do this quickly. Well, let's see. It's Wednesday afternoon, so we've done four radio shows this week. Tomorrow morning, we cap off the week with The Future of Business with Game Changers, Season 2, Episode Tomorrow, 10 a.m. And then we start all over again next Monday with HR Trends with Game Changers, Tuesday's Financial Excellence with Game Changers. Liz, this is like it's Tuesday. I must be in Belgium. Wednesday morning is coffee break. Wednesday afternoon is going to be the Internet of Things. Yes, we have a new show, Jeff, called The Internet of Things with Game Changers, debuting next week. And next Thursday, we'll be doing the Innovating Innovation Show. And the following week, we'll be back with the Customer Edge. Are you dizzy? I'm not. This is my job. Thank you, Liz Miller. Wonderful to meet you. Thanks for your great insights. And your passion, Liz, comes all the way through from Australia. Jeff Tanner, wonderful to talk to you again. Bernard Chung, always a pleasure. Shout out to Lana Smith at SAP, who sponsors this series. Lana's been tweeting. SAP CRM has been tweeting. And SAP Radio, Malcolm Kimberlin has been tweeting, thank you, and thanks to Michael and the Business Channel team. Here we go. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another edition of The Customer Edge with Game Changers presented by SAP. See you tomorrow on Future of Business. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham on Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.